Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What up, everybody? Hello. Hello. (laughs) Sorry, we're both a little weary because the computer was acting stupid. Uh, Yeah, I was about to be like, damn computers, man, shit. I'm Andrea. And I'm Tom. And... We drink and we know things. Yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, man. We we got some new folks, so we just kind of want to say this is a weekly podcast for the most part. Uh, I tell Andrea a story she doesn't know, and Andrea tells me a story that I don't know. For the most part. We, for the well, most we part. assume that each other doesn't know. Yes. Well, I think tonight you're going to... You think I'm going to yeah, know yours? I think you're going to know mine, I mate. think you knew mine last week. I or did, the yeah. Week. We took a week off, but... It was an accidental dark week. We apologize. Yeah. Shit's crazy. The world is still crazy, so there's that. Uh, it's uh, like middle of August now. Uh, really quick, I just wanted to shout out uh, Tiffany for her emails on the website. That was rad. Thank you so much for reaching out. In general, that was dope. We yeah. appreciate you. Uh, we, all, we love any suggestions anybody wants to give us or, you know, whatever, corrections or thoughts. Don't correct us, though. Yes, you can. Come on, guys. You can email us at we drink and we know things podcast at gmail. Lovely plug there, my love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also a thing on the website you can email us through there. Oh, it comes yeah. right to our emails. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know. Okay. Want to have a clinkies? Yeah, I'll do it. Hold on. I got a fucking... Where am I at Oh, here? yours is not going to clink. No, it'll do its thing. Oh. Oh. <sighs> okay. Well, uh... Oh, kind oh, of. It was more of, of a clink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having rosé. Yeah, I'm drinking a crispy little light beer here. Mm-hmm. Bud Light. I have a. I've always had a, a thing for Bud Light. As long as I've been, I've been getting wine from our, the Kroger Wine and Spirits on my way home for ever for yeah. years. Are you about to hit him with the? You still can't find rosé thing? No, I just found out that they keep it cold. <laughs> my wine. Oh I've no I've never way. gotten it cold, and I, <laughs> I randomly I had to go in to get you beer. Yeah, and I never go in there, uh-huh. and they keep this little. I just realized it's a boat. They keep it in a little boat. See? And it's a Boda box. Discoveries. Um, And I was like, no. I, they didn't have any on the shelf. And I was like, great. I'm going to get you beer. And I'm going to have to do another stop. And then I like turn around and I was like, oh, yeah. I literally like was like in the, the thing by myself. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. And there, there's this new guy that works there. And uh-huh. he, every time I get a Boda, he'll be like, I think I got a coupon for you, and he always gives me a dollar off. That's a come up. It's those know. are the real. Those are the real heroes yeah, out there. Yeah, and do that to me. It wasn't that guy. What today. was that? Was that <laughs> English <laughs> coming out of your mouth? Right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, what's crazy? This is episode fifty-six. Fifty-six. We've only been doing the podcast for four years too. Uh-uh. So it's pretty- <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah, still trucking th- along. Still just plugging along, man. Uh, I think. Uh, what else? Oh, um, we run Hillbilly Horror Stories. Yeah. Since our last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was episode 211. It's called the Bally Galley Castle Hotel. Um, and it was a really good episode. We kind of had an interview with Jerry Polly, who's the host of that show. I'm sure folks listening to this show yeah. certainly know us from there. If you came from there, welcome. And if you don't, go check their podcast out. Yeah. It's super cool. They've got a jill per jill per jillion episodes. So many episodes. What, but the most important thing to do is go to episode 211 if you're on iTunes, if you're oh on my Apple Podcasts. This is hilarious. This is crazy. Okay. So... Uh, I guess like nowadays you can add hosts at the bottom. 
I don't uh, remember why Apple I, I scrolled. I scrolled all the way down. Yeah, but you can have like, oh, so if there's like yeah. somebody you really like, you can click it and see if they're on other podcasts mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I have this. I, I guess Tom Payne is kind of a, com- a common name. Well, it's an, a specific actor. Yeah, he was on. He was Jesus in Walking Dead. And I'm like scrolling down, <laughs> and it's got like Jerry, Tracy, and my name, and then Tom, and it's that guy's it's a face. picture of that dude. <laughs> From fucking Walking Dead so as my face. fucking funny. So when people listen to that episode, they're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, because isn't that guy English? Yeah, he's English. I mean, I am too, but I'm well, like, like fake English. You know, I was just like born there. have an accent. Yeah. So Hilarious. funny. I was, Hilarious. I died. I was like rolling. What are the odds of that? That's so funny, man. My sister was like, don't take that off. I was like, I don't think we even can. It's not even our yeah. podcast page. Yeah, man. Jeez. <laughs> so funny. So... I guess I'm always going to have to compete with that guy. I guess so. Jeez. Um, also, something that we we did. Oh, shit. Okay. It's super random. It's literally, it literally a... It's almost like you set that up. <laughs> it's called, I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's called Randonauting. It's, and it's fucking like wild. It's like the app called Randonautica. Yeah. And uh, it's just as random as it sounds. You, you pick like... What is yeah. it? You pick... Like there's a, a few, so there's a few, you open the app and it like just starts scrolling information at you. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like Pokemon Go of vibes. Like you kind of put or into like, it your like intention. Geocaching it's or? like geocaching. Yeah. yeah. It, so there's like apparently this Australian algorithm thing that it can lead you to what you're thinking about. Yeah. You like pick a thing, a specific thing. Like if you want to do like an anomaly or a void or something else. What's crazy know. is, so you, for instance, you would think about like, success yeah then you think about something or something creepy and you get in your car and you just start tooling around you 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 pick how far out you want it to send you yeah so it could be like a mile two miles or like up to like i don't even know like 100 but i don't know why you would ever do that though yeah it's really far and there's a lot of like in-app so you can get like some you can get like some options and stuff but the base one you kind of just go where it takes you yeah, um, and so we we drove around like a couple well was that time. the day that we also discovered how dope culver's was yeah, we had never had the we never had that restaurant is before. So good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like at first we did, we thought I don't I don't remember what we were thinking. We thought success, about success, and it led us to a, a neighborhood called Brandywine, which and I was like, hey. I, I mean, I work, I make beer and wine. Maybe I'm gonna make a dope. Maybe, you know, maybe. who knows? And then I doubt it, but never the know. second one we did was an anomaly, and it took us to... Um, when you say anomaly, still- like, there's these subsets that's, yeah. like, anomaly... Um, I mean, we still don't really get it. The other, like, there's void. Void, anomaly, and it's supposed to, like, either have a lot of these attractors or not a lot of yeah. these attractors. Or- but then we were still thinking of success, and it took us to a country club, hey. which was kind of fun, I guess. Yeah, I mean, could- the whole thing was very random. We, we didn't get to go all the way in the country club because it was, like, on the grounds, and there were definitely people like, who are these? Yeah, absolutely. Their car, year, their, the car six- they're driving dictates they're not members here. Uh, yeah, right. Hey. Well. <laughs> we did six stops. Our our third, it took it. We thought of creepy. Yeah, and it was an attractor. Was another one of the things. Attractor. Yeah, attractor, void, anomaly, anomaly, and it took us to FedEx, a FedEx plant. So yeah, kind of lame. To the parking lot. Well, unless there was some weird, you know, unless there was some shit in those, yeah, you, you know, trucks, man. And then we we didn't uh, we kept thinking of creepy and it took it actually took us by some really creepy houses there was yeah, like took we, us, we should post pictures it took us down like this kind of seemingly regular road remember like that there was like a weird sign in there 
Yeah, if you can read this, it means you're in range. Yeah, and then there was like... That means they're going to shoot us. The tree had like... It was like this weird decoration. I put it actually on our Insta story as we were doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Um, weird. But it had like like these little googly eyes and like a thing of tinsel as a face. There was was also a super sketch dude, shirt off, walking, smoking a cig and drinking a beer. Yeah. But like that's also just vibes. um, He might have just been doing his thing, but it was A car started coming head on at us until they finally realized they were like, there was other people on the street. So in hindsight, that sounds a lot creepier than it felt in the moment. Yeah. And then it, and then we did we kept doing creepy and we went it took us to a self storage which maybe there was a dead body in there. You never know what's know. going on in there. Some really dark shit happens in those And then things, lastly, right? I think we I don't remember. I think we did. Oh, we did creepy and it led us to a park near our house that we didn't know existed. And then it started just absolutely pelting us with rain. Um, there was like a dude like kind of just standing out in it. No, there were two cars. Oh yeah, they were on facing the side each other, just facing each other with their yeah. lights on. And, but no, nobody was out. Or yeah. no, it was that was kind of weird. But yeah, it's, it's it just, was nothing like insane. But yeah, it was, but it was something the reason you found it was the kid found a dead body, right? Yeah, yeah. There's this recent story of these t- kids on TikTok. They were doing it and they found a suitcase with. A li- literally with a dead body in it in Oof. the uh, ocean or water body of water body of water i don't know where yeah. it was i don't remember but so creepy absolutely creepy but it's, it's something to do if you're bored and because you don't i mean you don't have to like get out of your car yeah yeah and it just we found some new places well, we'd never been familiar I guess with sometimes so. it'll have you get out because when we went to the country yeah, club it was, it was gonna like have us get walk. out and go to a certain spot but we were like we can't because it does it by coordinates club. and yeah. i think it was kind of fucking up because we were using like apple maps like i think it would just like take the nearest coordinate and like attach it to a house or something yeah we didn't as opposed to I mean, the exact, it was not, we only did it we only messed with it one time but yeah it was uh, it gave us something to do yeah random it was fun yeah i recommend it I'm, i mean i really thought it was gonna be like I was, you know, I want to believe. So I was like hoping it was going to be something dope. Yeah, me too. I went like really, really life cool. Refer- we probably shouldn't have. The first one that we actually did, we were both like getting a monetized podcast and blowing up so we could quit our jobs and work on the podcast full time. Focus on it. Focus on it. And then it didn't fucking. <laughs> we didn't come to nothing. We, we ended up at a burger shop. Well, we so. started at a weird part of our neighborhood, too. I would like to do it like again. Yeah, we were in an unfamiliar part of the neighborhood. We were for in, sure. Yeah, we got. Deep we were deep out. down a road. We don't normally go. Yeah, down. yeah. But, but it, it was still cool. Yeah. And it led us to try a new fast food restaurant we had never Man, tried. Culver's. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, they're like the Chick-fil-A of burger joints. And everything was so damn hot. I don't know. And that cheese does, sauce, though. Does Culver's care, love Jesus as much as Chick-fil-A? I don't know. The way they were cooking <laughs> those burgers, they might. They really might. Okay, so I go first this evening. Oh, you do? Yeah, I got a story for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's no way to do this without just getting right into it. Oh, okay. All right. I'm excited. I get to <clears throat> have a few sips while I hear yes. this story. Okay, so right out of the gate, you're going to know this story. Okay. Pretty sure. Okay. Uh, the Axeman of New Orleans. Okay. Was an American serial killer active in New Orleans, Louisiana, from May 1918 to October 1919. Yeah, I think I've heard of this. You ever heard of American Horror Story Coven? There's like a whole, they do the whole thing. Yeah. Why does that not ring a bell to me? I watched Sweet, it. Sweet, that's even better. Uh, press reports during the height of public panic about the killings mentioned similar murders as early as 1911, but recent researchers have called these reports into question. The X-Men was never identified and the murders remain unsolved. Oh, shit. Man, yeah. you, so, okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I normally, like, say, here's this person. Yeah. Let me get into this. Yeah, you wait You wait till I, like, like the person. <laughs> you wait until I'm, like, invested. You're like, you know, 
and Clarence's parents had a real good marriage. And I'm like, oh, fucking, I hope Clarence is... And he's not. He's a mean person. <laughs> not always. <laughs> uh, so, as the Axeman of New Orleans name implies... I think it's funny that you say how you say New Orleans. New Orleans? New Orleans? I said New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> Uh, the victims were usually attacked with an axe. Yikes. Which often belonged to the victims themselves. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, that rings a bell. If you don't got an axe, you're probably going to make it through this, okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't got an axe, you're going to be okay. Um, in most cases, a panel on a back door of a home was removed by a chisel, which along with the panel was left on the floor near the door. The, inv- the intruder then attacked one or more of the residents with either an axe or a straight razor. A straight razor? Correct. You know what you do with those, don't you? Like a box cutter. Yeah, buddy. The crimes... You use those all the time? No, I meant in murder. How? What do you do with those? That's a slow murder. Yeah, buddy. Unless you, like, really nick Get them. Get in like, there. Ugh. Ugh. I like that we both motions just slitting throats when we did that. Yeah. <laughs> As you guys can see, this is what you do. Is the radio show stupid? Uh, so the crimes were not motivated by robbery, and the perpetrator never removed items from the victims' homes. Wow! So it's just there. It's just, just it's murder. Savage motherfucker. Savage motherfucker. Well. That's about one of the most violent things I've heard you say. <laughs> you. Even me. Uh, the majority of the axe man's victim were Italian immigrants or Italian Americans. Leading many many to believe that the crimes were ethnically motivated. Hmm. Many media Italians in New Orleans. Italian immigrants and Italian Americans yeah. in New Orleans. In New Orleans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this led a, a lot of people to believe it was ethnically motivated. Many media outlets sensationalized this aspect of the crimes, even suggesting the mafia involvement despite lack of evidence. Huh. So there's like it's obviously the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> Busters. Some crime analysts have suggested that the killings were related to sex and that the murderer was perhaps a sadist specifically seeking female victims. Was there sexual, sex, sexual, like, uh, were people raped too? I can't, uh, we're going to get to that. I don't okay. think so specifically. I yeah. think he just got off on fucking people up. Ew. Yeah. So criminologists Colin and Damon Wilson hypothesized that the Axemen killed male victims only when they obstruct, obstructed his attempts to murder women. Oh. Supported by cases in which women of the household was murdered, but not but not the man. A less plausible theory is that the killer committed the murders in an attempt to promote jazz music. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So another name for this dude is like, the, he. this is the whole crazy part of this shit. Yeah, right? I know, I know. You know what's coming? I know, yeah. This fucking shit is crazy, and this yeah. happened. Yeah. And they, um, also, they also did that piece of it yeah. in New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans. I'm pretty, I'm, yeah, okay. Yeah. Suggested by a letter attributed to the killer in which he stated that he would spare the lives of those who played jazz in their homes. Yeah. Right? So weird. Yeah. So the X-Man was not caught or identified and his crime spree stopped so as mysteriously it should, as it had started. Sorry. So should it be X person? X human. We don't even know. We don't know if it was. They, him, she, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. The murderer's identity remains unknown to this day, although various possible identifications of varying plausibility have been proposed, hmm. 
On March 13, 1919, a letter purporting to be from the Axeman was published in newspapers saying that he would kill again at 15 past midnight on the night of, night of March 19th, but would spare the occupants of any place where a jazz band was playing. That is so bizarre. I'm going to kill anywhere that I'm going to be killing people you know where there's not jazz. If I'm not, if I want to be walking down the street and I won't be hearing that. All he wants to hear. Yeah. I don't know if that's, I, that's yeah. probably not how the jazz of the times sounded. I just yeah. only know how to make a trumpet noise with my mouth. <laughs> um, so yeah, that night, all of New Orleans dance halls were filled to capacity and professional and amateur bands played jazz at parties at hundreds of houses around town. And there were no murders that night. Man. But that's, well, what if he was like, Honestly, he, trying to find some somewhere and everyone. You think he party hopped? Like you think he went from one one place to another? Oh place to another fuck! Place? He's just like, like, oh, you guys got jazz. All right, you're good. Uh, you lucky you bastard! Oh, you got jazz. Yeah, you're good. you, don't you got have jazz. To you get to live. He gets like the seventh. I won't hit you with my axe. He gets like the seventh place, and he's like, God damn it! I kind of wanted to kill someone. <sighs> okay, I'm getting kind of tired of jazz now. <sighs> Ooh, uh, a lot of solos. <laughs> okay, so next, I'm gonna read you the letter that he wrote. And the media outlets put this out. Right. They put this out. That's so crazy. As in, Instead of just paraphrasing, they put this shit out. I just want to mention that before I get into this. I mean, they did that, a lot of that kind of stuff back, yeah. back in the... the and yeah. honestly, reading this, if I'm, if, if I'm Tom of 1919, I'm going to a jazz party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen to this shit. I'm playing it. It says, from hottest hell. March 13th, 1919. Okay. Jazzy. <laughs> to esteemed mortal of New Orleans oh. from the Axeman. Okay, so he called himself the Axeman. We're gonna, he talks about it in the letter. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. They have never caught me, and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible. Even as the ether that surrounds your earth, I am not a human being. Uh-huh. But a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman. Oh, okay, okay. So okay, he's saying so. you guys called me that. Sure. Yeah. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe besmeared you with mean blood. their bloody axe. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> Bring your own, dude. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get some fingerprints off that thing. Damn. <laughs> Besmeared with blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. Yikes. Okay. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. Oh, sure. <laughs> I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty and Francis Joseph, etc. So I looked up who Francis Joseph was, and I have no fucking idea who he's referring to in this. No. Um, other than this dude who was an, Aust an Austrian dictate, like president or king hmm. or something. An Austrian politician. I wasn't able to figure out. I even did like three little clever like Axeman, Jazz, yeah. Joseph. So he's just saying like, you made me laugh. You made Satan laugh, and maybe you made an Austrian leader laugh. But you don't know uh, if that's who he's referring to. But I don't think to. so. But my, forgive my ignorance on that, because that really just like just jumped out to me. I was like, "Who is this dude?" Yeah. Anyway, 
get back into the spooky zone. That's just his actual. That's his name. That is. That is he just <laughs> He's gives literally it away. confesses. Yeah. <laughs> but tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover what I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the axe man. Mm. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They Wait, are wise. And he dodging them. Well, he's saying they're shook. <laughs> yeah. He's saying they don't want it. Yeah. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Axeman sounds like a fan of the police. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for the mic stand, dipshit. <laughs> Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am. I mean, uh... This Obviously, is a letter that the newspaper I know, published. This is crazy. But I could be much worse if I wanted to. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens and the worst. For I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Can you imagine opening up your newspaper <laughs> and just being like, oh, cool, 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 cool. In yeah, 1919? Honey, we got to go listen to some jazz tonight, okay? Hey, honey, how you feel about jazz? You don't like jazz? Babe. What if your life depends on you? Tell me you want to go to a jazz bar. You're the one person who didn't get their newspaper. <laughs> Fuck that paper boy. Why is everybody playing so much fucking jazz? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why he was there in <laughs> 1919. Uh, now, to be exact, this is still the letter. At 12:15, earthly time. Oh, earthly time. Fucking good, 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 good to know. On next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy. I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music. <laughs> so it's so like it's all creepy up until that point. Then it's just like what? What the fuck, bro? It's like uh, if everybody doesn't play Katy Perry, like what are we talking about? Maybe you're fine. <laughs> Keep singing. <laughs> I am very fan fond. I am very fan of jazz music. <laughs> I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. Nether regions. <laughs> mm, that means a totally different thing where I come from. <laughs> That's your junk. I'm not having a jazz band on my junk. Uh. Uh, one thing is certain. That is that some of you people who do not jazz it out. Jazz it out. He's jazz losing credibility hands. just with that one please, little piece right please there. Please tell me he brings up jazz hands. Uh, those who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. Well. A the axe and those jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, oh. and it is about time I leave your earthly home. I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact or realm of fancy. Signed, The Axeman. Weird. What the fuck? No. I mean, there's a side of it to where you're like, that was just some fucking asshole. Who wanted to just scare the who? Who had nothing to do with the murders, but was like, had been kicked out of like three jazz bands, and was like, well, I need a fucking booking so bad. It very well could have not, but I think if it if it if it wasn't him, yeah. then he definitely would have killed because he'd have been like, motherfucker, 
Yeah, nah, that's not how we play. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. So, as I said earlier, nobody died that night. Right. But there, but there also weren't killings every single night. Correct. But that specific night, he said, "Play jazz." I'm coming and he for that yeah. ass, bro. That's so crazy. Okay. So that's in 1919, right? So December 1921st, a Los Angeles Times article on the killing of Manfrey by the widow of Mike Pepitone. So if you are new here and you don't realize, because I don't say how annoying it is to me anymore, but Tom likes to say dates really fucking stupid. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of offensive because I just don't know what you're. Yeah, well, a new person might just be like, is that really how that guy says dates? What a fucking douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Which also correct. Uh, <laughs> hold on, I need to take a drink of my douche beer. <laughs> All right. In December 1921, Los Angeles Times article on the killing of Manfrey by the widow of Mike Pepitone. So, crime writer Colin Wilson back in 1921. So it was back then. He was a crime writer back in the day. Yeah, okay. yeah. He speculates that the axe man could have been Joseph Momfrey, a man who was shot to death in Los Angeles. Uh, in December 1920, by the widow of Mike Pepitone. So Mike Pepitone. That was the Axe Man's last known victim, oh. and then that dude gunned a dude down. Wait, that woman gunned a dude down. Oh, because they because somebody... the widow, his oh. widow, the widow oh. of the last, the Axe Man's last known victim, shot a guy to death. Oh, so and she s- might have seen something, and then yeah, she might have. Why do I feel like everything? If if it's in the 1920s, I just like yeah. I hear it in that, like, that, you know. I don't know. That, like, oh, well, you know, back in the day. Oh, oh 1920, oh my God, pal. He put it in the newspaper. Huh. Well, we got to publish this article. <laughs> got to keep people alive here, pal. <laughs> However, true crime writer Michael Newton searched New Orleans and Los Angeles public police and court records, as well as newspaper archives, and fi- failed to find any evidence of a man named Joseph Momfrey ever having been killed or assassinated in Los Angeles. Huh. Wonder so, where that came from. Yeah, man. So this cr- this true crime writer um who's a more recent was also not able to find any information that Mrs. Pepitone, the lady who was uh, Esther Abalono originally uh was arrested, tried or convicted of any crimes. Okay. Probably or of her, such her a crime. other name just in case somebody was to search it like yeah. She went by a different name. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. But her, some people called, that was her original, like her yeah. maiden name. Yeah, that's Esther what I'm saying. In case Alibono, somebody, they're probably Alibono. mentioning it to, yeah. in case somebody wanted to search. Like, well, maybe it was because she went by she this She went by name. this name. Yeah. So she was never arrested for any kind of thing like that or had even been in California or known to have been in California. Newton notes. Oh, so that killing happened in California? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Newton notes that Momfrey was not an unusual surname in New Orleans at the time of the crime. It appears that there was actually may have been an individual named Joseph Momfrey or Mumfrey in New Orleans who had a criminal history and who may have been connected with organized crime. However, local records uh, for that uh, that time, there's no confirmation positively or negatively that he was killed. Okay. You know, that he was killed yeah, at that, so. that shit. Dead end. Yeah, big dead <laughs> end, buddy. Okay. So uh, that was like the big suspect. Um, and then... There were no real, to my knowledge, there were nobody else that was like as significant. So that's the whole thing goes dry. Oh, okay. No more killings. No more killings. No more letters. 
no more none of that shit. All right. But there are 12 victims. Oh, man. So I'm going to outline. I'm gonna, I'm that, just, that, and how do we know they're all from? Because they all were. Similar MO. Similar like breaking into the house, breaking into the house, leaving the axe behind. Or they were killed with so a So did they just razor. link the California one to him because it was done no, in a No, it's similar. not linked to him. It was a story, actually. There's oh, no right. real evidence oh, that right. it happened. Yeah, so why would they even think that that was him? Because it wasn't even That's in That's like all I've ever seen. Yeah. Weird. The first one. Twelve victims all done in a similar. Not Oh, there were six that died and six that lived. <gasps> six lived? Six survived. So we'll begin with Joseph. That must have been the box cutter dad. Yeah. This, some of these are real long. Um... So I'll probably just, I'll probably just kind of skim through it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So our guy Joseph Maggio was an Italian grocer who was attacked on May twenty third, nineteen hundred eighteen, while sleeping alongside his wife Catherine, at their home on the corner of Upper Line and Magnolia Streets, where they conducted a bar room and grocery. That sounds like the that fucking sounds dream. So cool. Sounds so quaint and dope. The killer broke into the home and then proceeded to cut the couple's throat with a straight razor. Both of them? Yeah. So Catherine was also a victim. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so as a side, her throat was cut so deeply she was almost decapitated. With a... With a, with a straight razor. Yeah. Why in my brain I'm like, and in 1918, it probably wasn't that sharp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was probably stupid sharp. Yeah, they I know. Were like, I'm just kidding. Fucking never see my door. He was sharp. Yeah, he was Sweeney Todd sharp, bro. <laughs> so upon leaving, he bashed their heads with an axe, uh! perhaps in order to conceal the real cause of death. However, Joseph survived the attack, but he died died minutes after discover, being discovered by his brothers. Yikes. Yep. Law Let's enforcement see. agents found bloody clothes of the murderer, as he had obviously changed into a clean set of clothes before fleeing the scene. And left them. Left them. Man, the days before freaking DNA. When you could just and do shit just like that. Leave shit like that. Jeez. A complete search of the premises was not completed by police after the bodies were removed. Yet later, the bloody razor was found on the lawn of a neighboring property. Police ruled out robbery as a motivation for the attacks, as money and valuables were left in plain sight. The wow. razor used to kill the couple was found to belong to Andrew Maggio, uh, the brother of the deceased who conducted a barbershop on Camp Street. Yikes. Yeah, man. So, next, Louis Bezumer. Bezumer? I don't know. And his you gotta mis- be really, Sorry, you got to be like really like fast and bold to be able to like kill a couple. Like, you know what I mean? Like, one of them's going to wake up. For sure. And then, so you got to be like, back and forth, like, got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Why are you thinking about it? Huh? Why are you creepy? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But no, you're right. I mean, you got to be pretty on your shit unless you like. I just feel like most people, when they go to murder, they don't go to murder like multiple people in the same bed. I mean, I don't know. I just, like, with with something as small as a, like a little, like a a little box cutter knife or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like it was a gun where you just like, bam, bam. Yeah. Bop, bop. He had a fucking axe and a knife. Yeah. Like a straight razor. But the, ni- the axe came after. Yeah, to like conceal what happened or whatever. Blah. It reminds me of the freaking, the one I covered, the um, Peter Porco, where he axed his... <gasps> well. That story is so crazy. You I don't know what fucking episode that is. I don't either. But that episode slaps. I mean... That's a terrible story, but what happens is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because okay. his mom survives, so that's when you were saying like... Yeah. Yeah. So next is Louis... Bessumer and his mistress Harriet Lowe 
They were attacked in the early morning hours of June 27, 1918, in the quarters of the back of his grocery, which was located at the corner of Dorjano and La Harpe streets. They might, it no might way be I a did common, that right. um, thing because they're Italian. Like maybe yeah, the maybe gro- it was the just, grocery that was, thing was yeah the, the niche know. that they had. So Besmer was struck with a hatchet above his right temple. Ugh. Can you imagine? They say that might have led to a skull fracture, and his mistress was hacked over the left ear and found unconscious when police arrived at the scene. The couple was discovered shortly after 7 a.m. on the morning of the attack by John Zanka, a driver of a bakery wagon who had come to the grocery in order to make a routine delivery. Ugh. Yeah, he found them both in a puddle of their own blood. It's like, do-do-do, here's your muffin. Oh, fuck. I'm just driving my bread cart. <laughs> Things could be so much worse. My bread smells good. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So, they were both bleeding from the head. The axe, which had belonged to Bezemir himself, who's the guy that got hacked over the side of the head, oh. was found in the bedroom of the apartment. He later stated to police, so he lives... Oh. That he had been sleeping when he was bashed with the hatchet. Almost immediately, police arrested suspect Louis Obacon, a then 41-year-old African man who had been employed in the store uh, just weeks before the attack. Oh, jeez. Yep. Uh, so there was no evidence which connected him to it, but they arrested him nonetheless, uh, stating that he had offered conflicting accounts of his... I knew there was another person that had got arrested for this. I'm sure there's a couple that like are linked yeah. to them, but they kind of... Shortly after the attempted murder, Lowe stated that she remembered having been attacked by a mulatto man, yet her statements was discounted by police due to her disillusioned state. What the fuck? Yeah. Robbery was said to be the only possible explanation for the attacks, yet no money or valuables were removed from the couple's They home. believe Peter Porco's mom when she said her son attacked her, yeah, and even then the- though half of her face freaking Jeez, gone. Jeez, and he totally did that shit. Yeah. Um, Obicom was later released as police were unable to oh, gather good. sufficient evidence to hold him. Well, that's freaking good. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. So they both lived. They lived. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even fathom. Yeah, and the dude, yeah, and it's... Getting attacked by, with a... Fucking chunk. Like, that's the kind of sound a hatchet would make, like, when Ew. it hits you. You know, it's like a deep, like... That's just meant to get, like, at wood and shit. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Next, Anna Schneider. Anna Schneider was attacked in the early <laughs> evening hours of August 5th, 1918, the eight-month pregnant 28-year-old oh, no. no, no. of Elmira Street woke awoke to find a dark figure standing over her and oh. was bashed in the face repeatedly. Fuck. Her scalp had been cut open and her face was completely covered in blood. Well, yeah. That's what's going to happen when you're fucking split open. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. Mrs. Schneider was discovered after midnight by her husband. <gasps> oh, no. Ed Schneider, who was returning late from work. Oh, that's terrible. Schneider claimed that she remembered nothing of the attack and gave birth to a healthy baby girl. Oh, my God. Two days after the incident. Fucking get the fuck out. Two days later, bro. Jesus. She had been almost fucking murdered and gave birth two days later. That is crazy. What a fucking badass, also, dude. This axe man isn't very good at his what he's trying to do. Well, he's got a 50-50. <laughs> his record's not baller. But good. I mean, it could have been so much worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. even fathom finding that. Her like, husband her yeah. Hus- yeah. Her husband told the cops that nothing had been stolen besides 6 or $7 that had been in his wallet. The windows and doors to the apartment appeared to not have been forced open, and authorities came to the conclusion that the woman was most likely attacked with a lamp that had been on a nearby table. 
James Gleason, who police said was an ex-convict, was arrested shortly after Schneider was found. Gleason was later released due to complete lack of evidence and stated he originally ran from authorities because he had so often been arrested. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Not again. (laughs) Lead investigators began to publicly speculate that the attack was related to the previous incidents involving Bezemir and Maggio. Next we have, we're nearing the end, I promise. Only only about 15 more people to go. (laughs) (laughs) Joseph Romano was an elderly man living with his two nieces, Pauline and Mary Bruno. On August 10th, 1918, Pauline and Mary awoke to the sound of a commotion in the adjoining room where their uncle resided. Upon entering the room, the sisters discovered that their uncle had taken a serious blow to the head, which resulted in two open cuts. Yikes. The assailant was fleeing the scene as they arrived, yet the girls were able to distinguish that he was dark-skinned and heavy-set. He wore a dark suit and a slouched hat. Romano, uh, hmm. although what seriously injured, be wearing when you're going to murder somebody. Yeah, suit. He was leaving work. Wanted to get a quick killing. <laughs> yeah, somewhere to be. Uh, he was able to walk to the ambulance once it arrived, yet died two days later due to severe oh, head trauma. Buddy. Yeah, the home had been ransacked, yet no items were stolen from Romano. Weird. Authorities found a bloody axe in the backyard and discovered that a panel on the back door had been chiseled away. Huh. So the Romano murder created a state of extreme chaos in the city with residents living in constant fear of an Axeman attack. Police received a slew of reports in which citizens claimed to have seen an Axeman lurking in New Orleans. Ugh. Okay, buddy. So, next we're going to talk about Charles Cordemagia. Oh. Okay. He was an immigrant who lived with his wife, Rosie, and an infant daughter, Mary, on the corner of Jefferson Avenue and 2nd Street in Gretna, Louisiana, which is a New Orleans suburb. Okay. So on the night of March 10th, 1919, screams were heard coming from the family house. Um, Yikes. Another grocer, Lorlando Giordano, rushed across the street to investigate. Upon his arrival, Giordano noticed that Charles, his wife, and their daughter had all been attacked by the unknown intruder. Rosie stood in the doorway with a serious head wound, clutching her deceased daughter. Oh, no. Charles lie on the floor, bleeding profusely. The couple couple was rushed to Charity Hospital, where it was discovered both had suffered skull fractures. Nothing was stolen from the house, but a panel on the back door had been chiseled away. Did he? So he killed the baby, too? Yeah. But nobody's... And a bloody axe was found on the back porch of the home. Charles was released two days later while his wife remained in the care of doctors. Upon gaining full consciousness, Rosie claims that Lorlando Giordano and his 18-year-old son, Frank, were were responsible for the attacks. That's the dude that came over to find them. She said they're the ones that did it. What? I don't know, buddy. Uh, So, Lorlando, a 69-year-old man, was in too poor of health to have committed the crimes, Frank, however, more than six foot tall and weighing over 200 pounds, would have been too large to fit through the panel on the back door. Um. Charles, who's the husband, denies his wife's claims, yet police nonetheless arrested the two um, and charged them with murder. They would be found guilty. What? Uh, whoa, I didn't know this. Sorry, my bad. Uh, Frank was sent- sentenced to hang and his father to life in prison. Charles divorced his wife after the trial almost a year later. Rosie announced she had falsely accused <gasps> the two out of jealousy and spite. What the actual fuck? What a weird way to get back at somebody. You could attack and you just yeah. say, oh, you know what? I'm going to fucking say it was, you know. Yeah, they were released. Yeah, but, but. But shit, why would you even say that? Yeah. Why would you even. 
How jealous is somebody? Why are you so jealous? And they like use that as your thing. Like, Jesus. oh, somebody attacked me. I'm going to say it was Uncle Jerry that fucking yeah, pissed me the, the fuck, fuck off. Fuck. So next we have Steve Boca. A grocer was attacked in his bedroom. as Another he, grocer. Yeah. It, I, yeah. Uh, as he slept by an axe. As he slept by an axe. <laughs> the way I originally read that, it was like he was sleeping next to him. <laughs> and that's not cool, man. He slept by an axe. Yeah, so he was attacked in his bedroom as he slept by an axe-wielding intruder. Uh-huh. He didn't sleep beside him, but he was killed by him. Mm. Hit by him. Okay. <laughs> On August 10th, sorry, 1919, Boca awoke during the night to find a figure looming over his bed. Nuh-uh. Upon regaining consciousness, Boca ran into the street to investigate the intrusion and found that his head had been cracked open. Ah! The grocer ran to the home of his neighbor, Frank Janusa, where he lost consciousness and collapsed. Nothing had been taken from the home, yet once again, a panel in the back door of the home had been chiseled away. Weird. Boca recovered from his injuries, but could not remember any details on the trauma. This attack took place after the emergence of the infamous Axeman letter. Okay. So, could have been a copycat, could have been, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yikes. Two to go. Two to go, buddy. Sarah... Luman was attacked on the night of September 3rd, 1919. Neighbors came to check on the young woman who lived alone and broke into the home when Lawman did not answer. They discovered the 19-year-old Dang, lying. That's some really concerned yeah. neighbors. They found her discovered they discovered her lying unconscious on the bed, suffering from a severe head injury and missing several teeth. Ooh. The intruder had entered the apartment through an open window and attacked the woman with a blunt object. A bloody axe was discovered on the front lawn of the building. Um, she also recovered from her injuries. I feel like the, his murder count was not six. Uh, a lawman recovered from her injuries, yet couldn't recall any details of the attack. Of the attack. Of the attack. Not the attack. <laughs> so last we have Mike Pepitoni, which we talked about earlier. Um, his wife was awakened by a noise and arrived at the door of his bedroom just as a large axe-wielding man was fleeing the scene. Mike Pepitone had been struck in the head and was covered in his own blood. Yikes. Blood splatter covered the majority of the room, including a painting of the Virgin Mary. What? Random detail. That was a random detail. I think it's for effect. There was blood on the Virgin Mary. Ugh. Miss, Mrs. Pepitone, the mother of six children, was unable to describe... Six kids. And this dude... Yeah, this dude died. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. The dude got away. She was unable to describe what the person was yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. And he was, this was the last of the attacks. Wow. Yeah, in October 27, 1919. Mm. So just a few like little pop culture references. Um, in 1919, local tune writer Joseph John Davila wrote a song, The Mysterious Axeman's Jazz... Oh. Also called Don't Scare Me Papa. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, I mean, there's a ton. There's a book. Uh, there's a bunch of songs. Um, the Axeman's Killings are also referred to in the short story Mussolini and the Axeman's Jazz. Uh, in Chuck Palahniuk's 2005 novel Haunted, the Axeman is mentioned in Sister Vigilante's short story. The 2007 song Death Jazz by Las Vegas progressive rock band One Ton Project retells oh. the story. And again, yeah, it was featured on American Horror Story Coven, starting gotcha. with episode yeah. The Axeman Cometh. The Axeman is portrayed by Danny Houston. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy, man. Uh, my Favorite Friggin' Murders covered this. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Every podcast probably uh, Yeah, has. it's been on an episode of Unsolved Murders. Um, all kind of stuff. Yeah. So, that's the story of the 
Axeman's jazz, the jazzy Axeman attacker <laughs> of New Orleans with an axe. Jeez, he sucks. Who wrote crazy fucking letters, bro. And never got caught. Nah, that's the spooky piece. That's the, that's the shitty piece. He quit while he was ahead, for sure. Man, if, if they could have, like, kept DNA and, like... Man, they'd have had his ass. I mean, I don't know, because... They would have had to have his DNA. Yeah, in it would have had to been some. some well, sort of certainly thing. he had some stuff on there, some hairs or something on there, man. No, but they would have had to had it in some sort of like a codis. Oh, a database, like, yeah. Didn't, yeah. Yeah, man. God. So yeah. Good job. Thanks, man. That was creepy, scary. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Ugh. Yeah. The letter was just fucking. Yeah. Once I read that, I was like, oh shit, this is great. This is crazy. Yeah, I had definitely heard of it. Um, I remember it. Just obviously the letter and the whole thing of like, if you play jazz music, I won't kill anybody. Yeah, the whole thing is fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Woo. So that's my my shit for this week. Thanks, bud. Good job. Thanks. Jon Snow's having a fucking... (laughs) This motherfucker's drinking all the water in the back. We gotta get a fucking studio or something, man. These dogs, they drink all the fucking water. They wait all day to drink water. They have all day to drink this shit. They want to do this. He's putting a two liter down right now. All right, it's your turn. Okay, are you ready for mine? Yes. So, this I'm is... I'm ready. Mine is not one that... I kind of plucked it up out of, like, randomly. I was going to cover a completely different story. Yeah, you were saying that. And then I was, like, diving really deep into it, and I was like... Mm. Oh, it's really deep down here. No, I'm definitely going to cover it, but it was, like, one of those where it's, like, a like a really in-depth... Where I want to mm-hmm. make sure I, like add in all the specific details and everything but you know so and we needed to record so i was like all right different story so i am going to be telling you about the ohio state reformatory okay also known as the mansfield reformatory okay 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 okay. there's a lot about this place i'm ready have you ever heard of it I don't think I have. Okay. It's also uh, commonly referred to as like OSR. So if I say it like that, it's just the shorted instead of being like Ohio State Reformatory. Okay. So it's a historic prison located in Mansfield, Ohio. Okay. Okay. Here in the United States. All right. I'm with you. All right. In the United States. Yes. It was built between 1886 and 1910. Okay. And it's inspired by the agriculture and design of German castles. Um, architect Levi T. Scott designed it. He designed it in 1886 with the hope that the inmates would find their surroundings spiritually uplifting. Okay, good. So it kind of has like a... I have a feeling it's going to do the exact opposite. Kind of... I mean, it's still a, you know, prison. Still a prison, yeah. But, you know, um, it kind of has like a Dracula's castle-y feel Yeah, like Castlevania type Mm -hmm. of a thing. Yeah. The construction of the reformatory... Originally named the Intermediate Penitentiary. Penitentiary? Mm-hmm. Penitentiary. I think I've messed up that word before. Yeah, I'm not uh, going to give you shit. <laughs> uh, began on November 4th, 1886. So mine goes back to. Okay, girl. <laughs> the name was changed to the Ohio State Reformatory in 1891. Okay. And um, although the construction was not complete, 150 inmates were housed at the facility beginning in September 1896. When it was completed in 1919. Oh, that was the year my guy was out hitting everyone with axes. Yeah, but it also took a very long time. Yeah, it's a long um, ass It actually time. had the largest self-supporting steel cell block in the world. Okay. With 600 individual cells that were stacked six stories high. Shit. Yeah. It's a big ass prison, man. Yeah. 
I bet that's like nothing compared to like what they do now. You know what I mean? Well, they know. probably don't stack I, them that this high. This place is big. Yeah, this place is real big. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, the history of OSR began in 1861. Uh, the field where the reformatory would actually be built was used as a training camp for Civil War soldiers. Okay. And the camp's name what had apparently a very significant meaning to Ohio because it was named after Camp uh, Mordecai Bartley. Sure. In honor of him who served as the Ohio governor in the 1840s. Everybody knows that. So, sure, 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 sure. Everybody knows that. Um, in 1867, I'm just kind of giving you, like, the lowdown in the beginning here. Give us the lowdown, you know. babe. Uh, it was, uh, in 1867, Mansfield was promoted as a candidate for the placement of the new penitentiary. 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 Ooh. <laughs> Why can I not say that word correctly? Words are hard. Oh, my God. So, the city actually raised... $10,000 to purchase 30 acres of land for the prison and the state acquired 150 acres of adjoining land for $20,000. That's a that's a lot of acreage for a prison. Uh-huh. And the cost of the facility was this is back in 1867. Right. $1,326,769. That means I mean you could get a lot done with a million In today then. money, I did the yeah. conversion it's 23,227,511.80. <laughs> well, thank you for <laughs> taking it all the way there. I mean, there. that's a lot. That's a shitload of money. In 1867 they're building a a million dollar on a hundred and something acres. They had yeah, well they had 30 acres of land and another 150 yeah. acres. So. Almost 200 acres. Yeah. So the Ohio, the intermediate Ohio State Re- Reformatory was intended as a halfway point, just as just a halfway point between the boys' industrial school in Lancaster and the state penitentiary. There she is. In Columbus, which originally um, the facility housed young males, males that were first time and nonviolent offenders. Okay. Um, and the objective was to reform them by teaching them useful skills and enhancing their spirituality. Love it. So, I mean, they were really trying to be positive. Trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So, as I said, the construction began in 1886 and remained under construction until 1910, mainly due to funding problems. Sure. And they also had a lot of the inmates, like, when when they actually brought them, had them there, working, like, working on, it. on it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, the original architect for the design was Levi T. Schofield. Just funny because my friend's last name oh, is Schofield from Cleveland. He used three different architectural styles: um, Victorian Gothic, Richardson Richardsonian, come on, Richardsonian come Romanesque. On. There you go. And Queen Anne. Love I've it. Never heard of these I'm things, very familiar with all of those architectural styles. Um, he designed the reformatory with these unique styles to help encourage inmates to become reborn back into their spiritual lives the creation and construction of the entire building was entrusted to a well-known architect named ff schnitzer there you go schnitz yeah who's um is recorded as superintendent and supervising architect nice in 19 i'm sorry in 1891 the name was changed from intermediate penitentiary penitentiary come on To Ohio State Reformatory. Okay. I like, good. We're done now with we're that done. name. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now it's a reformatory. Now it's a reformatory. Mm. On September 15th, ni- why keep wanting to say 19, 1896, um, it opened its doors to its first 150 offenders. You made it sound like a grand opening. 
Well. <laughs> Welcome to prison. Well. Cracker Jacks. These prisoners were brought uh, by train from Columbus and put immediately to work on the prison, prison sewer system and the 25-foot stone wall surrounding the complex. Sounds like a shit job. But a hey, good job. Come on. I'm here all evening. So over the years of Ohio, they were starting to face a growing prison population, and they were forced to send more hardened criminals to the Ohio State Reformatory. Okay. And so the reformatory So became, less rebirth and more just prison now. Yeah, not so much of the like lesser non big offenders, sure. but like you just really whoever they're shit, getting now. Awful yeah. bad guys yeah. now. Um, the reformatory became overcrowded and cells that were designed to hold one person were starting to hold three. Oof. Yeah. And the focus tight. shifted from ref, re, reform Reformation. Reformation to punishing unruly prisoners. So mm. That did not take long. Um, yeah. The punishments were administered with antiquated torture devices. Here we go. That included um, the butterfly. I don't know that I want to know. Uh, a form of electro torture. That's not what I had in mind. Water hoses. A sweat box for non-white prisoners. What the fuck? Yeah. And the hole, which was a small barren and solitary confinement cell and it was dark and gross and had no windows and i mean complete pitch black and they would throw a lot of them in there at once in the same hole yeah it's like solitary confinement but not solitary confinement oh my gosh yeah that's fucking terrible yeah um they also there was lots of torture and the inmates were also subjected to extreme violence from other inmates sure um like horrible food or no food, rat infestation, and lots of diseases. So we've gone a long way from the pretty architecture. Uh-huh. Like you let it like this, might it, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about it, so you know it's not going to be the greatest. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there was like preferential treatment, but it was only to inmates who could afford to pay for it. So. Oh, okay. Sure. Good for them, right? Sure. Um, in 1935... Arthur Glatke was appointed as the superintendent of the reformatory. And he's going to turn everything around um, and everything is going to be fine. Him and his wife lived in the administration wing of the reformatory, uh, but on... That's a big-ass facility. Like, it's so big people just live... You just live where you work. Oh, yeah. You, just, you live there. Absolutely. But would you want to live in a prison? Fuck no. I mean, you, I would never want to live in a prison, actually, like, as a prisoner, <laughs> but I also don't want to live in a prison. <laughs> where do you live? Well, I actually live at a prison. Oh, fuck. Oh, what'd you do? No, no. There's like the dormitories, like, you know, I'm like a guard or whatever. <laughs> so, on November 5th, 1950... Helen knocked a gun off of the shelf of a closet while she was trying to get something. Is out this of the wife of jewel- the superintendent? Yes. Okay. When she was trying to get something out of like a jewelry box. What'd she do? When the gun hit the floor, it fired a bullet just discharged into her chest. Holy shit. She managed to live for three days, but died after suffering complications due to pneumonia oh. when she was in the hospital. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Also, and- that's why you keep them on safety. Or you keep them in a safe, you guys. Okay. Yeah, not next to your jewelry box. I need to move the... Just, I'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Glacky was actually very respected by the prisoners and community leaders and continued in his position as superintendent until he suffered a fatal heart attack in his office on February 10th, 1959. Worked himself to death. Yeah, literally. So the prison, he died there and his wife died there. Yeah. 
in the, the same wing. On the ground. In the same wing. Well, I guess. I mean, it he would have been in his. He could have been in his administrative office. He died, I guess, in their in their room, and he died yeah. in the yeah. So throughout the years and into the 1970s. An effort was made to keep up the maintenance on the reformatory. Sure. But That's good. it was very costly and a fucking lot of work and a lot of work, a huge fucking a place. lot of work did not get completed. You like know, ever? because the, yeah. Like, like from the beginning? Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow. Like there was I mean, they essentially so it's kind of a shit moved hundred and fifty inmates into a place when it before it was even done. I mean yeah. you know what I mean? And we're like, hey, you're gonna and they were the workers. Essentially dig your own grave. Like, you're going to build this yeah. fucking thing that's going to... You're going to yeah. be, you know... Fuck. So, in the mid-1980s, a federal court ordered that the facility be shut down by 1986. This came after a federal lawsuit was filed in 1978. Did I say 1986? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This came after a federal lawsuit was filed in 1978 by the Council for Human Dignity... Yeah, okay. The lawsuit claimed that the conditions at the prison were brutalizing and inhumane. Yeah. So a new facility, the Mansfield Correctional Institute, was being built to house the Ohio the State existing, yeah, yeah. inmates. And construction delays forced the state to actually extend the closure of Ohio State uh, Reformatory to 1990. So that was what, like um, a good couple Almost years a, after? A good couple years after it was supposed to have already closed. I mean... You know, it opened in 1896 and has stayed open till yeah, ended up having to stay open till 1990. But you know, it got progressively not good. You know. Yeah, you've talked about another fucking spooky Uh ass prison Uh or something. Yeah, I did. Yeah, couldn't tell you the name of it off the top of my head, but I did. I definitely did cover it. We drink and we know things. (laughs) So December 1990 was when it closed. The class action suit was actually Boyd versus Denton, if anybody cares. They care. Um, <laughs> hey, they care. They care. Um, most of the grounds and support buildings, including the outer wall, have been demolished since the closing. In 1995, the Mansfield Reformatory Preser- Preservation Society was formed, and they turned the prison into a museum, and they conduct Big tours. mistake. To help fund grounds, uh, rehabilitation projects, and currently work to stabilize the buildings against further deterioration. Come on. Deterioration. <laughs> <laughs> Why can I not say that? A deterioration. <laughs> <laughs> Something it. that um, you, if you know the place, you would know, but I guess you didn't. That makes this stop. <laughs> what? I'm listening to the story. Something that makes this place stand out even more is that it's actually, since it's closing and sure. you know they're making it into this museum and all this, is been a site for a lot of movies. Oh fuck! Okay, the was it Shawshank, bro? Shawshank. Oh, sorry if I still. That's that's yeah. fucking dope. Most popular. Okay. The movie Shawshank Redemption was shot there. Oh yeah, so it does suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's big. Yeah, huge place. Um, the East Cell Block remains the largest freestanding steel cell block in the world. So it's it was um it was just insane. At six tiers high. Yeah, and they still had overcrowding. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's something to fucking think about. Uh huh. Um, in <laughs> <laughs> spill my fucking beer, man. Whoops. God damn, it's all over my junk. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yikes. I'm good. 
Okay. In 1935 until 1959 was when Arthur Lewis Glackey was the superintendent. Yeah, the guy who had a heart attack. Yeah, he implemented many reforms such as piped-in radio music in the cell blocks. Well, that's kind of nice. That's some reform. It's kind of nice. He's trying to help you out. You know what's But not? then it's the whole, the only song is like, F-A-T-A-Y-D-A-Y. <laughs> it's just like really obnoxious <laughs> music the whole time. Like, you think it'd be like, Oh my God, what they did to us in high school. Remember when they played Mbop? Were you there when they did that? I feel like I remember something about this. I think it was high school. They played Mbop like over and over and over and over during like, I think it was our lunch period to like, ra- I don't even remember what Oh, it was for. like a fundraiser It was like, yeah, raise money to like to, get it to, to stop. stop it. Yeah. Who does that? That's torture. <laughs> it was Mbop. Dorks. By the Hanson. Dorks and bullies. Ugh. So what's not fun is that over 200 people died at Ohio State Reformatory. So there's going to be some spooky spookies coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including two guards who were killed during ex- uh, escape attempts to, uh, you know, when people were trying to escape. Whatever. Um, is that what they were doing? No, no trying to escape. Um, so the Ohio, oops, sorry, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society. That is a mouthful. It was a whole mouthful. I'm um, not even going to try is, it actually currently working like one of the articles i was looking at it was like this was updated in like july 2020 wow like they're currently working to restore the facility to its original state um which they are doing things like still removing debris replacing roofing you know still just trying to complete everything and they want to restore um the warden's quarters as well as complete restoration of the central guard room between the east and west cell block so they're just like they want to make it like completely they want to pimp, they want yeah. to pimp it out yeah so the restorations are being funded through donations and tour fees sure because right? everyone wants to see the shawshank print yeah and that's a big piece gotta of be gotta be huge yes, absolutely yeah. um they're even they are planning on replacing all of the original stained glass windows that were in the place which i think Damn, is like the donate crazy the tours must be going good yeah throughout halloween season the building hosts a haunted house through blood prison um i'm sorry yeah it's called it's called through blood prison it's www.bloodprison.com that is not that seems um, that seems a lot well they do they do a lot of stuff there like yeah. a lot i'll get more i'll get into it, a lot of it um so they af- they offer three types of gu- guided tours um history meets hollywood which summarizes the history and movie history cool um beyond the bars which focuses more on the history and access to areas of the like the, the areas of the off other, the tour yeah. route and then the like inmate the dorms and yeah, the, like, the shit yeah. like that mm-hmm. yeah and then the inmate tour which is guided by a former inmate from the ohio state reformatory so he's oh like, shit because it ran up until like 1990 yeah. okay fuck so somebody who was actually in there got out and now runs a tour of it to tell you like damn how it was in there and had personal i bet stories. he makes bank too he probably makes some good money <laughs> um they offer they also offer ghost tours as well as the normal daytime tours they offer public ghost hunts for casual ghost hunters <laughs> private ghost hunts for more experienced ghost experienced ghost hunters okay they do ghost walks for children 13 years and up you have to be at least 13 because i'm ghosts they'll come they also do ghost hunt classes for 13 for um children 13 years and up and special ghost hunt events hosted by famous ghost hunter celebrities and historians what's his fucking name he's done it zach biggins he know he's done oh they definitely went there 
For oh, you know it? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I, I didn't, I just didn't for sure see it anywhere. So maybe they haven't. But, but so they offer like a ton of stuff, and this sure. is like current. Yeah. You can get on their website right now, and it'll be like, due to COVID, these are our updated restrictions or whatever. Sure. But, I mean, I don't think we need to figure out how far it is from here because it's in Ohio. Yeah, it just depends on what part of Ohio. Yeah. Well, it's. I told you, it's Mansfield. Where the f- I don't. F- <laughs> Mansfield, yeah. It's in that part of Ohio. Okay, well, we're at this part of Kentucky. Yeah, I know. So it's probably a pretty far drive. Good little girl. That's up by the lake. It's up by, like, the Great Lakes. Yeah. That's probably a good couple hours. Probably, but it'll still be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they host several different events throughout the year. Uh, One, you're going to like this one. All right, hit me. What is their most popular being the Ink Carceration. Stop. I-N-K. Yeah. It's a music and tattoo festival. They hold a fucking tattoo <laughs> yep. festival there? Yep. I bet that's rad, though, honestly. Uh-huh. I bet that's really cool. It's a three-day rock band show in that usually happens in mid-July, Uh huh. which I'm sure they didn't have this year. They definitely, definitely didn't um, have They also have the Shawshank Hustle, which is a 7K running race that goes... Race? Raced. Race that goes past five film locations of the Shawshank Redemption. That's kind of cool. Um, they have a murder mystery dinner theater, which is written and acted out by the Mainsfield Playhouse. I bet that's expensive as fuck. And the Poor One Nine Beer Fest, which features over 25 brews and wines, as well as live artists and food. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. They, are, I mean, they have. there's other stuff too. But some of the other, like, film and television things that it's, I mean, it, a lot of people have filmed shit here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to give you some of the few things sure. that have been, like, filmed there. Is uh, that one Tom Hanks? The Green Mile, it feels like it would have been. No, it wasn't. Like no, okay. no, it. They couldn't do Shawshank and the Green Mile in the same. I mean, prison. different p- parts of the prison. Uh, Harry and Walter go to New York, which was happened in 1975. Sure. Um, Harry and Walter spend some time behind bars at the penitentiary. Penitentiary. Girl, <laughs> I'm. You know what I'm gonna call this episode? <laughs> I can't say words. Tango and Cash in 1989. Okay. The Shawshank Redemption in 1994. So they weren't even the first ones. Air Force One had it as like oh, a backdrop, okay. I think, okay. or maybe, I don't know, the full, but it was definitely sure. part of the movie, which sure. came out in 1997. Um, in 2000, Godsmack made a music video there called Awake. Fuck yeah. Marilyn Manson did a promotional photo- photography shoot in 1996 there. Okay. Um, in 2004, Little Wayne featured this prison in his video for the song go dj <laughs> go dj <laughs> i mean how random. what a random yeah. that's my dj in 2006 the um horror thriller film fallen angels filmed uh, almost their whole thing there okay. wwe shot pro- a promotional poster there for their 2008 judgment Day. fuck yeah <laughs> so random um missy may shot uh, a music video there called relentless chaos in on May 11, 2018, it was featured on an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Okay. If you don't fuck with that, that's that's hilarious. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, it is cool. That's, it's cool. Uh in fall 2018, Escape Plan, The Extractors with Sil- uh, Sylvester Stallone filmed there. How you there. doing? How you doing? We're going to fuck prison <laughs> over here. In April 2019, Eric Church's Some of It music video was filmed there. Whew. And in February 2020, Chris Jericho had an episode of his podcast, which is called uh, Talk is Jericho, about the prison. Cool. That was, like, kind of random. And then, don't be promoting other people's um, podcasts. Huh? I said, don't be promoting other people's I've podcasts. I've never listened to it. 
So I don't know if Same. it's good or not. <laughs> I'm not promoting it or not promoting it. I don't know. Um, in 2017, they had the Ink in the Clink Rock Festival that had three days grace, 10 years, and Kentucky's Blackstone Cherry. Ooh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And in 2018, it was um, had the Ink Carceration Rock Festival with Chicago's Rise Against, A Day to Remember, and Our Lady Peace, Bush, and Fuel. So it's pretty That's big. That's a pretty good. Yeah, I it's a pretty big-sized yeah. festival. Some, those are some names, buddy. So um, now, obviously, because I've talked about... A lot of people died. All the death. A lot and, of people died. you know, what comes with all that in a prison or a reformatory or... Go- ghosties. Yes. Also, can we tell them how we were looking up, what are they called? EMF readers? We were looking up EMF readers. Well, because when we were randonauting, we found a random... Oh, that cemetery, Weird cemetery by our house that is not fenced in. It has like... It's it's very... It's weird. It's like a big field, but it's like... There's like like some new tombstones, some old tombstones. Well, it's like people just like... They were like, let's put one here, let's put one here, let's put one... And they're like so spread out. We thought... Maybe we could get some podcast material if we take a little EMF reader. But so if anybody, any of our listeners have Have one or have any experience, yeah, let us know. Or have like know like yeah, what Mm -hmm. which one's good to get? Because like there you can get like a twenty dollar one or like a. Because my dumb ass will get like six Bud Lights in me and like be walking around the house (laughs) in the dark like reveal yourself. No, we're not using. Well, I wouldn't be scared to use it in this house because I know who built it and I know the only people who've lived here. But I still would not use it in this house. So, I don't like that. <laughs> obviously, I, I mentioned that they do ghost tours and things like this. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It is actually one of ghosts. the most haunted places in the world. In the world? Yeah. Wow. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So, I'm going to tell you about some different areas and some things that go on in the areas. I'm going to bounce around back and forth. Bounce, and baby. Bounce, bounce with them. Yeah. Do a little bounce. Mm, oh, mm, oh. Mm, mm. Get it. Okay, so I'm going to start. Oh, th- these. this first, it's like the, I'm going to tell you about the eight different areas uh the, of, the scary zones of yeah and it's the ghost hunt manager scott sukel i swear to god if that hit man has a full-time job who's at the prison well he does he's Damn. the one who, who he's coordinating about, the tours these and, are his his accounts on it and then i'm gonna give you some other accounts from other what an interesting people. industry i know right i got a lot of this research from their website sure and some other news articles and Wikipedia. So cool. Um, this one came specifically from theirs. Um, so the first is the East Wing, which is the first floor. It's the toilet room and East showers. Uh, he oh, says no. lately this area has been pretty good for experience experiences and evidence. Rarely do we have a night where nobody experiences at least a few shadow people down there. Shadow people. Shadow people. I see one shadow person. <laughs> off the fucking goodbye i'm good no thank you you i'll catch you in a car give me the car keys i'll be in the car <laughs> and as we're like let's get an emf reader and <gasps> go to a cemetery <laughs> i immediately have cold feet <laughs> so next is the third floor which is the middle admin um he says this is an area that gets a lot of people um shadow people audible voices footsteps and the feeling of not being alone is the norm yeah, I don't think I want to go ghost hunting That's anymore. That's not fun. The sub-basement is the next place. 
shadow people mm-hmm. like that shit we see like with the mother like mm-hmm. yeah on like paranormal caught on camera yeah yeah, yeah 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 watch that shit it's spooky spooky uh this area has produced some pretty wild experiences and evidence this area was even avoided when the building was still in operation <laughs> don't go over that shit's on it except for the poor I fuckers if that's, that i'm were, not totally oh it's like sure. the admin space no that's not where the um i was gonna say that might be where the hole was but it wasn't you know where they oh yeah yeah, all yeah, yeah yeah people in um Next is the chapel. Uh, this area has made many skeptics less skeptical. And lately, the ghosts have been getting rather grabby up there. Grabby? Mm-hmm. I'm good. I don't mm, like that. Mm-mm. I don't like that at all, In the man. chapel, nonetheless. Going to the chapel and we're gonna get grabby. We're drinking nothing's the musical. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wubba lubba dub dub. Do you remember that like... voice message that Adam sent out? I, I turned myself into a podcast. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm podcast Tom. Okay, Rick. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was some extras. Okay, next we have West Attic area. And he says, let's just say a very well-known paranormal celeb had an experience up there and refused to go back in. A paranormal like a celebrity in the paranormal field? Yes. Says, I'm Bagans. not going to say who it was. Bagans. I'll just say that he grabbed his scarf and walked out. So it's Bagans? I don't know. Who wears a scarf? I don't know. I don't keep up with every paranormal celebrity. I'm not trying to hate on like paranormal people and ufologists and shit, but y'all all got a weird way. Can y'all dress and get normal haircuts? Like, can y'all dress normal? <laughs> You're just talking about Zach Bagans. I, I? Can't, <laughs> I can't see him wearing a scarf, but I also can't. So I don't know. Who knows? He didn't want to say his name, so or their name. I mean, they scarves, actually didn't scarves say. Scarves are cool. He did say he grabbed his scarf. So, uh, okay. Next, we have the admin basement. Uh, there seems to be two different entities down there. One which is nice, and the other is not. I'm not into that. That sounds like so some duality, like spooky, spooky, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, then he talks about the cell blocks east and west. He says, I've seen these areas bring grown men to tears. I'm a grown man and I could easily be brought to tears. <laughs> says, many murders and suicides took place in these areas. I'm good. I'm so good on that. Yeah. I don't want to. I mean, it would be like kind of like just amazing to have an experience. But then I feel like I would carry it with me everywhere I went. You know what I mean? I mean, I like, definitely had experiences, but. I just, I don't want to see a shadow person. I don't want to see a shadow That's person. That's a lot, That's bro. That's scary. Y'all, have y'all ever seen a shadow person? Anybody? Hit us up. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> Hello? It's like it's a live show. <laughs> I know. Come on, guys. Come on. Try uh, in here. Come uh, on. And then lastly, talks about the solitary confinement, which was the hole. The hole. Uh, this was the prison inside the prison. Many men took their own lives while housed in this area. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so also about the hole, um, at least one inmate managed to hang himself. Oh. Another... Set himself on fire. Fucking hell. And what's, uh-huh. We know it's a real, like, it's so dark in there. Can you imagine um, that, that fucking scene? I also think, I think the person, the guy who set himself on fire wasn't in the hole. He but he had been in the in hole? Him, in his cell and, like, um, uh, smuggled some, some sort of chemical sure. into his cell and set himself on fire. Oh, fuck. And, like, was, like, not, like. He didn't die from it? No, he did. Yeah. But, like, the, there was, like, he, like, wasn't, like, screaming. Like, they, I, I heard that he, like, smirked. And that when they, like, dragged him from his cell to, to try to get him to the infirma, infirmary. Re? Infirmary, yeah. That his 
skin was like falling off ah! in chunks. Ah! <laughs> so that's not fun. <laughs> you know, you know what's crazy is how much of that detail you could have just left out. Because I don't think he could have set himself on fire in. Yeah, I mean, I know that I heard that story, so it definitely wasn't in the. In the hole. In the hole. Yeah. Um. Once two men were left too long in the tomb cell, the hole. The hole. And when the um guards came to get, they opened it up, and one of them was, was dead because the other one had like beaten him to death. It was just like, Ugh. and they would leave them in there for like good gripper. days to weeks with not food, no light. Oh my god! Not enough area in there for that many people to and even there's light. a bunch of see like it'd be one thing if you're in there alone but if you're in there with a bunch of fucking other people that are going through that same shit who also might be violent criminals or they, I mean, men, you know with mental health problems exactly. and all that shit and like, they like they, not enough room for them to like lay down to the points where like some oh of them would have to be god. like sleeping standing, standing up and, and shit oh my god. and there was like vermin and stuff like but r- running a absolute nightmare absolute <laughs> nightmare so terrible i mean thinking about it i'm stressed out i can't even I'm, yeah. i feel put out thinking about it i can't it's imagine so being gross. in the fucking situation I mean, that is going to make you mad, too. Like, if you're not... Yeah. Ugh. Uh, in July 1948, when the reformatories... In July 1948, the reformatories farm boss, his wife, and his daughter were kidnapped and shot to death by two parolees that were bent on revenge because they didn't, I guess, like the way he treated them or whatever. Fuck. Yeah. Um, a six-state manhunt for them... Holy happened. shit. Happened. They were called the Mad Dog Killers, which ended up ending in a shootout that left um, Robert Daniels in custody and his partner James West dead. Jesus. Yeah. That plays so. out like a fucking Western. Ugh. I mean, not really. He kidnapped It was bad news. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Very bad. So more about, I'm going to go a little bit more specifically to end it off with some more of the hauntings just in each of the sections. Sure. In the administration wing... Um, there were claims that they smell, people smell rose perfume coming from Helen's pink bathroom. Oh that was gosh. dude's wife who got sure, shot. Sure. Others have reported feeling a rush of cold air pass through them as they walk through the area. Um, and a lot of people's camera shutters get jammed while they're there until they leave and then their cameras are totally fine. Uh. Yeah. In the chapel, which uh, m- many believe is a nucleus for much of the prison's hauntings. Uh-huh. Uh, which supposedly before it was the chapel was used for executions. Oof. Yeah. People have said that they have captured many orbs in photographs and that they have recorded strange, unidentifiable sounds. And spirits have been sighted hanging around the doorways, but like quickly vanish when before they're like got before you can like do anything about yeah wow. detected or whatever spooky mm. is a motherfucker um the infirmary many prisoners died very terrible deaths in there certainly and it has been said that sick and dying inmates were left there without care many who starved to death because they were too weak to fight off the thieves that stole their food holy you know shit. i guess um had been reported by visitors to be Jesus. Yeah. In the basement, a spirit of a 14-year-old who was beaten to death there. A 14-year-old. Uh-huh. Has been spotted lingering among the decaying basement walls. Oof. Um, Also spotted is a guard who gives off sinister vibes. (laughs) I don't like that. Mm -mm. He didn't even do anything. He's just Mm -mm. like, he's giving you just a stank eye. Slapping this little like yeah, he's got like something fucking weird. Yeah. He's slapping it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> his 
I was going to say a stick with so those. He's those slapping it real sinister. Like. Okay, moving on. Uh, the library. Psychics visiting the library have reported seeing the spirit of a young woman, possibly Helen, they say, or a nurse who was killed by one of the prisoners. Mm. So, I don't know. The inmate's graveyard. That's got to be the spookiest place um, on the fucking planet. Visitors have reported seeing objects move in the graveyard, and equipment failure is not uncommon. Woof. It sucks to just be trying to do your job. Like, you're just trying to mow, and your shit just keeps breaking. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> could you guys please just let me God, do it? Come on! <laughs> um, the cells, in general, when prisoners were still housed at the penitentiary, uh, Pen- What's it called? Penitentiary. penitentiary. Nailed it. Nailed Did it. Did I do it right this time? Yes. Good job. Um, some of them said that they felt oh, like when it was still, they were still in there. Sure. Some of them have said that they felt, some of them have said that they felt a woman pull their blankets up around them in a comforting way. I mean, at least it's comforting. But, I, but I there's also, no way I'm going to be comforted if somebody moves my blankets I, while I'm I fucking, also heard that know. a lot of the inmates were very like scared and yeah. they were being haunted when it was still an active prison oh fuck. but like they couldn't do shit about it and you also you don't want to be like a punk when you're a prisoner like you know what I mean? yeah. you don't want to be like oh, I'm a fucking ghost bro. Fucking, yeah I mean, fucking ghost, bro. So like, but a lot of them complained and like yeah you know that's spooked. fucked up um and then the hole to finish off was as i said like the ultimate punishment for bad yeah. inmates and roaches and rats moved freely in and outside of it which is mm. so gross. Um, but a lot of negative paranormal activity activity has been reported uh, in the 20 whole cells. There's 20 of them. And report- Oh, I thought it was just one. There's 20 holes. Yeah, but they were just stuck mul- multiple of them in there. Holy shit. I mean, that's what it says in the in this article. I For me, it sounded like me, but I think the hole was like a stretch of like... Sure, yeah, of yeah, actual yeah. cells, yeah. Um, reports of sudden nausea... Fever-like chills and uncomfortable feeling of being watched. People are there. So, and then the last thing I want to say was just like this other thing that I read or heard. I don't, I can't remember the prisoner's name, but there was a prisoner there that actually helped make the electric chair more stable. Like, I think it might even be on like the list of unusual deaths. He like, I guess, made some um something that like kept you more in like. Like straps or... He, he made it, like, the electrocution chair more, like, work better. Sure. And he got out on parole, but then ended up getting put back in for murder and ended, ended and up got getting killed by executed it. by the chair that he, like, like modified? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's ironic. And I think that's all I got. That's the story <laughs> of the Ohio State Reformatory. Or penitentiary. Also known as... Shut up. <laughs> also known as the Mansfield Reformatory. Reformatory drive <laughs> in Mansfield, Ohio. Man, that's fucking crazy. Good job, buddy. I know there's a lot of information, as it always is, but I still think it's. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that was dope. That was dope. That was dope. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll keep you all updated on if we get an EMF. Yeah. Uh, and thank you all so much for listening to yeah, the podcast this for week. Listening. Uh, again, I'm Tom. And I'm Andrea. And this is We Drink and We Know Things, the podcast. Email us. Subscribe, rate, review, wherever yes, you listen. please. Rate, review. Yes, man. Uh, again, yeah, email us. We Drink and We Know Things podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love hitting it. We love we love having banter. We you Hit us up anywhere. We're also on yeah. Instagram, Facebook, yeah. the whole thing. We try to be pretty active with um, communicating and getting back to anybody who hits us up. Yeah. We just love, well, I mean, we love the interaction. The phones ain't it's ringing fun. off the hooks yet, babe. <laughs> But, man, we'll see you guys next week, 
probably. Uh, and thank y'all so much, man. Yeah, you want to have a... Uh, oh, a little exit clinky? Exit clinky. Here we go, look. Oh, that <laughs> sucked. <laughs> All right, man, we'll see y'all later, man. <laughs>